2: What is good, people? Hope you're all doing well. Hello, Zane. Hello, hello, Jake. Yo, two days, back-to-back. We don't do this too often. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Yeah. you guys are unaware on the podcast. We actually uh, (laughs) recorded Respawn Recap together this Mm -hmm. week as well. So, how you doing, Zane? Let's hop into this after we discuss how you're doing. Yeah, well, things are good. Things are good. How are you doing, Jake? How are you today? I feel like we bounced back this week. You know, we've had a lot of great Mm -hmm. weeks Mm -hmm. in the channel. Obviously, huge thanks to all of you guys. Yeah, shout-out, shout-out. As per usual, craziness does continue, and we're here to break it down for all of you guys. So... You want to, You want to hit this off?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's Shall do we? it. Shall
2: we? Let's roll. All right, Zan. You know, uh, me and you, we talk a lot about a, about the streaming wars. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, it's a big deal when I bring a list on. Usually. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I like to memorize things because I feel like it makes me feel smarter. It also makes me talk a lot faster. So. Um, I is this it,
1: like a top ten? Is this <laughs> like we're we, are doing some Watch Mojo type beat <laughs> stuff or like what? No, it's, <laughs> it's going
2: to be a very interesting point because. We talk about streamer wars, you know, yeah. actually this past week we talked about energy drink wars. I wanted to paint a picture for everyone out there when it comes time for Twitch versus YouTube versus Mixer. What I wanted to call this was Twitch got everyone and YouTube got the rest. Mm. And so I'm going to lay out a list for you really quick. And of course, uh, I want your two cents on this. And we, I know we, we really beat the dead horse when it comes time for what Mixer can do, but we're approaching a big video on the channel, which I want to talk about Mixer and how they maybe potentially failed these guys. And it could be vice versa with a lot of opinions out there. So let me read you off a list. I know I'm missing some streamers out there, but in the past, I would say about six months. And again, give me some room there, guys. I am missing a few names. We have Twitch re-signing or signing Nick A thirty, mm. Nick Merks, mm-hmm. Lyric, yep. Tim the Tapman, sure. Doctor Lupo, Doctor Disrespect, Heavy Hitters, Dakotas, Josh O G, and Summit One G being the recent ones in the killers. Yeah.
1: That's ten very solid names. Ten very solid names, yeah. and I
2: know we're missing some. And Twitch yeah. loves to actually re-sign or sign people, keep it under wraps, and then announce them all within you know a few mm. days or with all in the same time. A few of those were actually announced three at a time to be really, really heavy hitters. Yeah, hit that media presentation like on all fronts. Very smart. Yes. YouTube alone, over the past six to eight months, they got Courage, they got Valkyrie, they got Deller, Muse, Elk. Laser beam, tons of Fortnite creators and Spanish creators you guys maybe not know about. They got the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League. Hopefully going to figure out drops mm-hmm. with those as well. Call of Duty League drops actually already working. And not to mention, they also re-signed PewDiePie in the past few weeks. We compare that to Mixer, who got mm-hmm. Ninja. They got Shroud. They got Goth. And Ewok, I think Goth, last time I checked, barely breaking 1,500 viewers. Ewok, she does stream a, a bit, occasionally. Not even close to those numbers of other guys. And you keep in mind, that was actually, we're approaching the, the year anniversary slowly of Ninja. I think we're right around the eight, nine month mark, and then Shroud two months after that. It hasn't been long, but when you really kind of list it out, what these other platforms have done to achieve, that's not even talking about Twitch policies and other things they've added to their website to make it more functional for their own streamers and beneficial. I know I don't have too much to bounce off you, but just give me your general thoughts if you could. Well, I think uh, we
1: discussed this briefly off-camera yesterday um, where you can kind of see the different approach each platform is taking to their roster of creators and exclusivity deals in just that list alone, right? With uh, Twitch, it's very personality-driven across the board. Mm -hmm. You're going to see Twitch signing with exclusive creators day and night because, realistically speaking, if if you want to be a huge top tier twitch person there's a good to fair chance or or streaming person rather there's a good to fair chance you're on twitch Mm -hmm. twitch is almost synonymous with that nowadays uh youtube on the other hand has picked up a lot of the more mid-tier uh in terms of like size just you know in comparison Mm -hmm. streamers and personalities as well as some huge events like overwatch league and call of duty league i think youtube might be going more that direction more than the uh, creator route Mm -hmm. because you know every twitch creator there's a good to fair chance they're going to have a youtube channel as well for vods and such yep and you know most youtube people if they want to stream there's a good to fair chance they're going to be on twitch you know because that's just how that works and mixer is kind of just over there to the side chilling and i don't think we're going to see any more pickups from them because none of them have really panned out. I mean, Ninja and Shroud, they stream consistently, and even then their numbers have yet to really break like even like 20,000 consistently, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I mean, this that's not to hate on Mixer. It's an excellent platform in many ways, but, I think when you just look at a list like that, it just says says volumes in terms of who is signing with where and what kind of money is being thrown around.
2: Yeah, and it really shows a lot of what those platforms are possibly willing to do. Mm -hmm. Of course, we don't know what Microsoft or Mixer are really telling Ninja and Shroud, you know, what their future plans are. We recently found out when it comes time for PR for both Shroud and Ninja and for Mixer, those plans have been put to halt Mm -hmm. because of coronavirus and pandemic. Um, But I kind of just want to write a list out for you guys to really see, you know, the counteract, of when Mixer did all this, these platforms, they counteracted, they answered. And we have yet to see a bounce back after they counteracted, right? They've continued to actually make these signings. They have responded time and time again to what Mixer did initially. And ever since Mixer has made their initial moves, they have not counteracted the the counteraction, if that's a fair way to put it. Yeah,
1: it makes sense. I think this was always going to be a David and Goliath fight with uh, Mixer being David going up the giant that is YouTube and or Twitch. And unfortunately, in this case, David just doesn't have a slingshot to fight back with. Yeah,
2: and you know, we're going to keep on waiting to see if that slingshot is actually signed in the future. At this point, though, we're slowly reaching a point where there's not going to be anyone left that's actually you know, going make to make the difference to be signed. So we'll keep on keeping you guys posted on this. Just wanted to paint the picture out there. Mixer is still in the fight. How much longer?
1: All right, Jake, we've had we've discussed Overwatch League quite a bit in the past couple weeks because I think that is one of the, the, both the Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League are two of the most intriguing um, franchise scenes in esports at the moment, not just because of, hey, the, the matches can be pretty good, but because of their status and how people are wondering they're kind of looking to these as proof of whether or not this franchise format can succeed at all. Mm-hmm. And we've seen issues with both, as, like we've seen issues in other places as well. And now we have the head coach of the Houston Outlaws coming out and saying that the homestand system needs to fundamentally change in order for Overwatch League to survive. Which is <laughs> oh, and
2: this is off the bat actually Nick had a video in mm. case you guys missed it It was actually a former GM I believe for the outlaws speaking. Oh, really? oh, yeah, I saw it too. Yeah, he was yeah. talking about mm-hmm. the London Spitfire potentially wanting out and they can't find buyers Kind of relate Houston outlaws in the news a couple of times, yeah, but this is definitely an awesome. interesting one So did he share details on exactly what he wanted?
1: Yeah, he uh, kind of spoke briefly broadly about it Of course, he doesn't have like a definitive like this is what we need to do in yeah. order to fix everything um, But he kind of came to a point where he was like, okay homestead stands take a a lot of travel and they depend on people selling out stadiums in order to really recoup those costs both for the teams and for like you know the people hosting them super right?
2: strenuous uh, that's got to be stressful
1: yeah of course i mean we've seen homestands sell out i mean we've seen like stadiums show up with like four thousand plus people but you can't have that every single weekend yeah you know and and, and to your point really mm, quickly because we see
2: like esl cologne for counter-strike right they're known for it. you got the mlgs dream hacks star letters yes they can fill stands far beyond four thousand. but when it comes time those are big big events and mm-hmm. to your point they're not every weekend events yeah of course just to clarify yeah, there's ju- were,
1: th- yeah yeah there's usually, like, a build up to those. Oh yes, Yeah, and he's kind of pitching something similar where he says like, yeah, maybe a homestand should be reserved for like the playoffs and beyond, you know, because that's always going to be hype. Those are going to be the best matches. Those are probably going to be the most interesting matchups, you know, and you can really build a storyline around that a lot easier as opposed to just week to week, flying people all over the place. I mean, we already saw so many people drop from the Overwatch scene, like more probes than we've seen in any other esports scene, just leave. Yeah, Because they were just like, yeah, I mean, it's just the travels a lot, it's strenuous, the game changes too much, like all this additional stress that keeps piling on. And I think Harsha has a good point. Homestands don't really seem like the best fit for esports
2: this is a tough one i'll try and keep my points brief because mm. i got a couple i want to make of course, of course um the first of which you know with this pandemic home stands obviously very poorly timed mm-hmm. a lot of them moved online we see with the Huntsmen alone nrg chicago huntsman that's their call of duty roster they sold out i believe over seven thousand tickets hector's done a great job with that team all in all after paying for the venue if they got the money back hopefully that might have been a million, million dollar loss for the yeah, huntsman yeah loss of opportunity right uh, they could have made a million dollars and that's no longer uh to, to jump off that if you you guys have ever been to LEC or LCS studios? They do a great job in the fact that there aren't thousands of seats. There's maybe a cup, maybe a couple hundred at most.
1: Yeah, very limited. Very I, like
2: tightly knit communities yeah. are
1: the ones that attend.
2: I had the pleasure of going to one with a couple of my buddies, but right before the pandemic hit, it was super cool atmosphere. And it really does make you want to debate is the home stand because obviously home stand models are based off, you know, week in, week out. That's what traditional sports do. They're able to sell out big stadiums every single week so did esports maybe jump to that conclusion a bit too soon that'd be my last point to make yeah
1: i I think that's a fair that's a fair statement i mean esports has grown enormously in the past several years i mean we just became a billion dollar industry recently
2: but we're built online
1: yeah uh (laughs) uh-huh we're built online and we're built off of i mean we're still building the infrastructure now yeah we don't have to go to weekly events quite yet at that same scale.
2: And I think there's something to be said when it comes time for, yes, eSports, are they sports? Leave it up to yourself. There's Mm. more of an entertainment aspect when maybe going to a football game or NBA game as compared to watching guys play on a computer And, and maybe... This is, again, we will see how leagues develop based off Mm. OWL and CDL and other leagues as well. You know, is this going to be an in-person thing? Do we need to have a change? Can we never have these week-in, week-out events? I don't know if there's an answer for that right now. Mm. But I think it would be a fair statement to say maybe we just jumped a bit too soon. And so we'll see how leagues adapt.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a good general statement for esports overall. Yeah. We jumped in too soon. Yeah. yeah. We're growing, though. We're still uh, growing. Yeah, making progress. We'll just
2: see if we can, you know, keep up with that growth and we'll see how events adapt as that growth continues. Mm. And before our next topic, guys, a quick message about our sponsor. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a bracket-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And now, let's get back to the next topic. Alright, we can keep this one short and brief. I think it's genius what the LCS, or I guess Riot in general, is doing with League of Legends. I think I already know what you're talking about. That being on the Riff, baby? You, guys, uh-huh, you got uh-huh. some sponsorships in-game, baby. Yo, you know, you want uh, some MasterCards yeah, with that Pentakill? Some, you want some credit cards on your map? I actually really do. Yeah. I know we can make <laughs> jokes about this in case you guys missed it. Uh, Riot Games, League of Legends, one of their uh, premier sponsors is actually MasterCard. And they're going to be including a few sponsors, I believe, whichever get approved in the future on the rift, on the map. Even cooler, I I think, is they've now clarified only the viewers will actually see it.
1: Yeah, which I very much appreciated. Like, it didn't make any sense to me at all. The players would see it, but you never know until they actually show it to you. And
2: the worst, the last thing you would need is all of a sudden this interferes somehow with the game itself. Obviously, it may it'd be a, a, a rarity, but if it does, all of a sudden, uh, let's just throw Dardoch out there. He's oh. on the rift, and all of a sudden, he's like, I, the MasterCard flag got in my way. You can understand. <laughs> yeah, line. yeah. Like,
1: you can't see, like, the animation of somebody's alt headed your way because yes. the colors are the same as
2: the MasterCard logo. And it's MasterCard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's really cool. And I actually, I totally enjoy this. I mm. think that League of Legends is in a league of its own when it comes time for this because we immediately go to, like, a Counter-Strike or a Call of Duty and mm. sponsors... Have trouble even sponsoring the leagues in general, let alone being on the map where guns are being shot. I think we're probably a bit away from that. Being Which a is thing. really weird to me because, like, of all things, that's something the fighting game community has already figured out. And I wonder,
1: like, how did we figure this out before League of Legends did?
2: Yeah, like, and I think uh, I want to say like. Um, uh, who's the first one? Like, uh, GTA. They have, mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if it's actually paid for, but they uh-huh. definitely have had brands of some sort in their game. Which I would have, imagine it's paid. Which have like made me think another, about, yeah. like, oh, my yeah. gosh, that's actually very cool. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. they also promote their own uh, parent company. Is it Monster? What's the the parent company of GTA. I think they're actually, they Rockstar? have Rockstar. Yeah, and
1: I, I think that's separate from the energy drink. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think uh-huh. they
2: actually have pamphlets of some sort in the game that uh-huh. you can see throughout it. No, for sure, for sure. So I, I am, I think this is actually genius. A great progressive move.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anything that can help make esports more profitable overall for yeah. everyone is a great thing.
2: And not interfere with the players.
1: As long as it isn't too intrusive into the viewer experience. True, expen- true. Experience, yeah.
2: Because uh, obviously us viewers, we like to complain about a lot of things. So mm-hmm. if they do it in the right way, yeah, I don't have an issue with it.
1: As much as it would suck for like the MasterCard logo to show up and it to get in the way of Dardoch seeing and ult, I would hate to be watching a match and be unable to tell what's going on because there's too many ads everywhere.
2: Yeah, and I guess we'll see now what's the next game to do the same exact thing. League of Legends making progressive moves still forward as sponsorships are now being added into the game itself. All
1: right, Jake. Funny enough, we talked about eSports potentially growing a little bit too quickly in recent days, and I actually have a quote from, uh, or not a quote per se, Like I'll I'll call it a paraphrase, from Leaston Bryant, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Who's that? He's the uh, senior marketing manager of McLaren, the Ooh. racing car company. Now and I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, so basically he handles the esports side of things for McLaren. He has been doing it for the past uh, two years, roughly. And he says in the past two months, he's seen as much growth for esports racing as he's seen in his past two years of work. Dang. And I, as much as that's amazing to see, I do think maybe the simulation racing scene has grown too quickly. Because in the past two months alone, we've seen so many drivers get fired from high-end companies, lose their sponsors. And these are like real racers who will race on real-life racetracks,
2: switch over to eSports and instantly just pull some like nonsense. You are so right. I don't mean to deter you too much, but Uh in case you guys have missed our stories and one's (laughs) going to come out, probably has already come out again, Mm -hmm. it's our third story. And they don't have the excuse of being 16 years old. Oh no, like these are grown no. men who go from the professional racetrack of some sort mm-hmm. into the e-race side of things, and they're dropping n-words. And they're they are losing their minds. They're cheating.
1: <laughs> it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, so in April we had Kyle Larson who dropped like you know the n-word. Check out our video on that.
2: You know, it a little risque. A uh, Bubba, Bubba. Yeah, Bubba Wallace. He got he rage quitted on Twitch, yeah, lost, lost a sponsor. A sponsor. <laughs> and then we got Daniel Opt uh, yeah. recently. He had a he had a professional esports. driver, let's go. Yeah, yeah. He had a professional esports driver fill in for him. Uh-huh. During, and then- And then Audi came through and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, fine, you're
1: gone. Go and then get- he <laughs> tried to be like, it was a joke. Like we
2: were all in yeah. on it.
1: You know what, I, after he, okay, so he had like two rebuttals, two like excuses, let's say, for why he did what he did. The first one was the one I saw that was like, yeah, him saying, oh, it was just a joke. We were just messing around. And then I saw like an extended bit of that where he was like, yeah, but this, this race didn't really live up to the standards of a professional Formula E event. I didn't like the, peop- the way people were driving. Uh, and they were like, the game has bugs. So, you know, I just felt like, whatever, I'll just get this esports guy in here and do it. And it's like, what are you doing, my guy? Like The worst. Ugh. You would think that if in this occurrence of all times, like after seeing like back to back to back, people just get immediately dropped from like very lucrative deals. Yeah, They would... Maybe say, hey, we, maybe let's just
2: not f- mess around with this. Yeah, you maybe know? we should talk to our drivers, let them know, let's not do these kind of things.
1: Yeah, let's take it, let's at least pretend like we're taking it seriously. Yeah, anyway, but yeah. back
2: to McLaren, the quote. Yeah, w- yeah, anyway, else on that he's as well? saying, like, I
1: think that goes to show that, yeah, that side of things has grown way quicker than it had any right to or need to. And that we're that's these events are probably a result of growing pains.
2: Probably because I don't even think we can have a, a comparison because mm-hmm. you have people that are so used to a traditional sport and all of a sudden they burst onto an already growing esports e-racing scene and just right. see... Doo.
1: Yeah, e-racing has been doing pretty decently in recent years but nowhere near how well it's been doing in the past, like, six months.
2: Yeah, I, so. we, we've definitely seen increasing numbers. And with that, yeah, I guess... I, I, I put it in a video, I was kinda like, um, you know, even though they are grown adults, mm-hmm. I think you still kinda gotta get used to the internet or e side of things. Yeah, of course, it's definitely yeah. a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But it's it just baffles me that they, they think that filling in like a, a different driver for yourself, you're gonna get away with that.
1: Even if you Yeah, somehow.
2: And then if you don't get away with it, that you're gonna paint it as a joke.
1: Like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it sounds like the type of excuse you'd use in like middle school. Like dude,
2: like, imagine like. you're playing football <laughs> uh-huh. and you, you cover up your your face and your in your helmet and you you put a different guy in your place for the team. Yeah, and you just put on like you say like. like- Take the helmet <laughs> off, sir, and it's not you. And you're like, oh, it's a joke. Like, <laughs> Just kidding, guys.
1: I was actually here all along in the stands. We're coming out now. Like,
2: imagine, like, an eSports team uh-huh. fill, uh, having a guy fill in for an event. He's got a hoodie up, like, glasses on. Yeah, you just see him on stream with, like, the mic covering his face. Yeah. So
1: you can't see him fully, and you're just like, surprise,
2: it's a joke. It, I don't I know. I was like, oh, I
1: guess Dardock got a haircut. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, don't what? No <laughs> yeah. I
2: don't know how they get away with these kind mm. of things. But I would agree it's blown up in a good way. Mm-hmm. And with the blow-up, you kind of got to face the repercussions of that. And uh, Um, hopefully they learn
1: yeah hopefully we don't see another one of these next month because i mean at the weight we're currently going we're going to see like five or six more by the end of the year
2: and if we do and if they're good enough we'll be covering them yeah and wow, wow, oh, wow, I just realized we've talked a lot about League of Legends in this podcast. Well, oh, hey, we don't
1: normally, yeah, so, so we've got to uh, balance it out. Yeah, hey, yeah. Yo, there's a treat for all you League of Legends fans out there.
2: Uh, so we're going to talk very briefly about the high salaries that have been mm. released. As of this past week, we have now confirmed Monte Cristo as well as Hal Biagas. I probably mispronounced that. He's the director for the NALCS Player Association. Yep, yep. And he has now confirmed that ever since this past split, we have now the average LCS salary breaking 400, right around $410,000 mm. per year. That's a nice chunk of change, Jake.
1: What, what do you think? What, in your mind, does that sound about right? Should that be where the average is? Like not, not to mention how it's inflated by some people whose salaries are way higher than they, you know, perhaps should be.
2: Definitely. I would assume but. the average is probably closer to 150 and to 200 but that's mm. an assumption, right? Mm. We don't know how heavily skewed, like, the top 10 players. We got the um, McSmithy, lift, Hooney. There's a lot yeah. of uh, large contracts, record-breaking in the past year or so, mm. that skewed that number upwards. And I would really be curious. I would love if all this... I would love if all the salaries were released because we're a news outlet. I understand right. why you could you shouldn't be releasing those exact numbers, at least in my opinion. Uh, to your point, the first thing I thought when this was released is, wow, that is, I don't know, if, I don't know many players that are worth that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about like the simples of the CS:GO scenes. You know, maybe like the G2 Pangu. I'm not really sure on R6 salaries. Um, when it comes time for top players like Huni being paid 2.3, who knows what other players you know they're, they're making? Just Ridiculous sums of money. Mm-hmm. I it's hard. It's hard to justify what personalities out there are worth that amount because it's. it's I'm not in the negotiating room,
1: right? Yeah, of course. I mean, and you got to wonder what kind of returns companies are seeing to justify these huge figures. And I can't imagine they're great because we already heard, like with Hooney, for example, with his potential transfer over to Evil Geniuses, that he's definitely. If I mean, if it, if it actually happens, his his uh, salary is definitely decreasing.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't see one person out there who somehow is like, Hooney's worth $2.3 million. Um, yeah, I, right. Again, props to the guy, though, for being able to negotiate that. Oh,
1: absolutely. I don't
2: know how you talk your way into it.
1: He must have a real power suit, you know, like yeah. red tie, everything.
2: For me, my main point is this seems unhealthy and very, mm. very scary because all of a sudden we have apparently a, a lot of top League of Legends players out there who now we know the average for at least the top guys is at least 400 k hmm I feel like we have eSports organizations now also, obviously they've known it as well. You feel the need to be to force to, to pay that because they've yeah, been paid gotta it compete.
1: before. You've got to compete with other potential offerings. I mean, we look at the scaling.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jacob Wolf from ESPN eSports talked about 2016, EU LCS European League players, 80K average. NA at the time was 100K average. Four years later, that number has 4X. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous, and it's concerning because what happens four years from now when you're paying what? Seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I don't think it's sustainable long term. I think we'll we'll see a drastic course correction
1: within the next couple of years. We'll have to.
2: And the same discussion has been the same, it's it's been there for Counter Strike as well as players are in, paid increasing amounts. Mm. Uh, you know, Complexity CEO Jason Lake. I think he offered uh, it was actually recently in the past year. I believe a million dollars for a two-year contract, mm. and that was with Alexi B, formerly of Enz, and that was dra- I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's hard for us because we're not yeah. there. We're not a part of the esports organizations. I think it's fair to say, though, that if it continues to scale at this rate, there's going to be a setback, right? And you mm. can't blame the players because they want to cash in. They want to get that check while they can. The limited amount of years you can actually be at the top level, being paid top dollar, of course you're going to fight for that. Of course. But at one point or another, the esports orgs have to bite back together to save the scene. Like yeah. you, just,
1: you can't fork it up. I feel like there's a way for everybody to win here. Like I feel like teams can maybe say, like, okay, We're gonna pay you less straight up in salary, but maybe we'll negotiate more deals with you, like advertisement deals that go directly to you that bolster that, you know?
2: This is, yeah, and again, uh, I'm not, there's definitely arguments for and against it. Call of Duty League has a cap, has Mm. a salary cap for the teams. Maybe that's the future where leagues are like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's down the organization. They can pay you 500K max. Anything additionally, they have to work out with you, whether it is sponsorship deals, merch right. deals. But when it comes time for a straight salary, we're not letting you get paid more than 500K up front because otherwise it just begins to be an unfair war. Um, yeah, uh, it, we can go so many ways with this. Of course, we
1: could talk about this all day, but you know.
2: well, we'll see where it goes in the future. Obviously, League of Legends, is the number one esport in the world. Yes, the number one paid players in the world. It just seems very, very high. Okay. We hope you all enjoy the eSports Rewind podcast. Again, uh, thank you all very much. I'll, I'll save you one second. Thanks to all of you guys who mm. send me DMs and send us stories. You guys are much appreciated. And for all of you guys who subscribe here on YouTube, uh, you guys are the best. Zan, hit him with that. out all right. As always, everyone,
1: thank you all for tuning in. If you want to check out the Esports Rewind on iTunes, Spotify, your favorite podcast platform of choice, please feel free to check us out as part of the Prediction Esports Talk show network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Shout out to all of our audio listeners. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like some, you know, daily esports news content in video form, if you get to see Jake's beautiful face as well as our other co-host, Nick. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, Esports, at Esports Talk. We're also on Twitter. Like Jake said, we really appreciate you guys reaching out and sending us really kind messages stories all the above so check us out at talk underscore esports there we're also on instagram esports underscore talk really appreciate y'all uh thank you for you know all the support in recent days uh, i think by the time this goes out we'll be right around the corner from 100 from 150
2: 000 subscribers you had to say it dude you're gonna curse YouTube. the channel no, bro
1: knock on wood we're good Ugh. we're golden plus i'm looking at the analytics for golden
2: Thank you all very much for watching. Thank you. We will see you guys back here same time, same day next week with Esports Rewind Podcast. Until then, stay safe, gamers.